0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 29 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. I hope that you'll consider sharing this podcast with your friends. There are quite a few stories that I want to get to that happened over the weekend. I'm going to dive into those in just a moment. I do hope that you'll consider going to Apple Podcasts after you've listened and giving the podcast a review. I'd love to hear what you think of the show Don't forget you can also reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter and at a yank on the footy on Gmail, as well as at a yank on the footy on Facebook and on Instagram. Now, I started a couple weeks ago uh, with one of these goals that I'm trying to develop uh, a mailing list uh, with listeners that are listening to the podcast. And so far, I've had about a half dozen people sign up. So not quite the number I was hoping for, but I'm hoping that you'll consider signing up. And in the show notes for this week, that if you click the little information button on your podcast hosting site there, it's going to take you to a Google form that's going to allow you to add your email address that is going to let me then send you the new episode directly as soon as it comes out, as soon as it gets released. So in another hour, hour and a half after this episode is done and edited, the episode won't last that long. I'll go ahead and send that out directly to those people who have signed up for the uh, the email list to begin with. And one of the other things I did on there is I put on a uh, questionnaire if there are any things that uh, you wanted to address or ask me or topic ideas or recommendations on people you think I should reach out to and uh, possibly try to bring on board for an interview. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I uh, I had a couple of questions. I had one really good one here that I that I liked, and I wanted to go ahead and share that with you tonight, and, and get into that question. And this is a question from a Tigers fan by the name of Simon Hall, and he's on the email list, and he sent this on to me. Uh, so I wanted to go ahead and, and look at uh, Simon's question before I dived into the dived in, dove in. I teach school, but not English, and it's uh, summertime, so I believe it's if I before I dive in, not dived. Yeah, okay, that's just plain dumb. Uh, so Simon asked. What are your thoughts on sportsmanship in the AFL compared to American sports? For example, in the AFL, after games, it's understood that you shake hands with the opposing team. And, uh, well, we're not really doing that right now. A little elbow bumping, that sort of thing. Whereas in the U.S., they will typically leave the field, the ice, the court, et cetera, without acknowledging their opponents. Simon, I appreciate the question. Um Hockey, I think, is in many ways a lot like the AFL because I don't watch a lot of hockey, but every hockey game that I've watched, I seem to recall at the end of the game, the players having the respect for their opponents, even if they got into fisticuffs with them during the course of the the game, to shake hands with them afterwards. I seem to remember that happening a lot. And if you're watching hockey and I'm wrong on that, please let me know. But it seems to me like they have pretty decent sportsmanship. Um, I think in the NFL... And in the NBA, there tends to be a lot of instances where players are really good friends with one another. Um, you know, quite often they'll vacation together. They may live near one another in the offseason, that type of thing. They might have gone to school with one another. Or in some cases, maybe they, they share the same agent so they are uh they are friendly that way so quite often you will see little pockets of players it won't necessarily be the whole team now at the high school level i used to coach high school football i used to help out with that i've been a public address announcer for football uh, for the last decade as well as for soccer generally after games those players will shake hands at the college level it happens quite a bit at professional the professional level I know in college basketball, the teens will generally shake hands with one another as they're crossing in front of the uh, the benches, and the coaches will shake hands, and they'll line up. Um, But like I said, I think in the NFL, it happens some, uh, because there are a lot of friendships, a lot of camaraderie there. And uh, where I don't think it necessarily happens is in Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball is unique because they play a significantly longer schedule, you know, for those of you who are listening in Australia, the Major League Baseball season here, when it's a typical season and everything is going on health wise, that sort of thing, it's a 162 game schedule. They begin playing towards the end of March, beginning of April, and the season usually ends right at the end of September, and then they have the playoffs. So they're playing almost every single day. And during the course of that, those, what is it? March, April, May, June, July, August, September, those six months, they might have 10, 11, maybe a dozen off days that are scheduled where they don't have a game on that day. And sometimes what will end up happening is that if there's a rainout, if the, the weather doesn't permit them to play, they'll have to make up a game on that, that day. So they might've gotten a day off at uh, another place in the middle of a series. So a team might go to, you know, the Cleveland Indians might go play three games against the Chicago White Sox and then go play the Detroit Tigers for three games and then go play the Kansas City Royals for three games and then maybe go down to Texas and play the Rangers for four games before they would come home and play some games at home. So they'll usually go on road trips or have home stands that'll last anywhere between six, nine, 12. A long home stand might be 15 games. Or, you know, if your team is, is uh, doing something, for example, if your team is hosting the, the midseason All-Star Game. This happened in Cleveland just recently. I think uh, 2018, I believe, the All-Star Game was in Cleveland. So the Indians spent about two weeks on the road before the All-Star Game, and I think maybe even a couple games afterwards, allowing the people that run the stadium to get it set up for having the festivities of the All-Star Game there. So their, their stadium was not available to them at that time. So, you know, I I think that baseball doesn't necessarily have that camaraderie. Now, they might be friends with one another off the field where we just don't see it. But they generally don't shake hands with one another after games, that sort of thing. It just it just generally doesn't happen. And that's not saying that it doesn't happen outside of the locker rooms or they go out to dinner with one another, that type of thing. But it generally doesn't happen because, again, a lot of those baseball players have a similar agent who's representing them, or maybe they played college baseball together, or they played against one another in high school, that type of thing. But, uh, for the most part, they are, they're, they're not necessarily, sh- it's not that they're being disrespectful because, you know, if something happens in baseball, if a player, you know, breaks some sort of a, uh, a significant record, gets their three thousandth hit, which is a, a huge feat, you know, for their playing career, if they get 3000 hits, that's, that's a significant amount generally speaking, when the, the people in the stands are applauding, cheering on that player, the opposition is standing up on the edge of their dugout or on the field, applauding as well, showing respect to that player. So they're not necessarily being disrespectful. It's just something that doesn't generally happen. Now, what's what's interesting, interesting about footy, and I talked about this back in the, uh, the uh, second episode of my podcast, um, was that I, I really think, though, that the Maybe with the exception of baseball players, because a lot of baseball players have that opportunity to, to, you know, involve themselves with or talk to, to fans at the games, especially little kids. And it's really about the little kids um, and getting autographs, that type of thing. You know, you see some of that. I don't think it happens maybe as much in the NBA or hockey or football. Now, sometimes they'll hand, they'll hand them a football or a puck. Or their gloves, or something like that, or their shoes after game. I've seen that happen before, but it's not—they're not out there signing autographs for, you know, 15 minutes, a half an hour, 45 minutes before a game. That—that that just doesn't happen. I don't see that happening in those other three sports. It happens in baseball, but the relationship that I see with—and what I've observed in the the four plus years I've been watching footy—is that it. And I mentioned this before. I think that the footy players tend to be much more integrated into their communities into their their fandom if you will and there's that relationship that's there because as i mentioned back in episode 2 in many cases players that are playing major league baseball in the nfl the nba are making exorbitant you know huge salaries and and i'm i'm not i'm not faulting them for that if they have the skill set to be able to do that and the market says hey here's what they should be getting paid then they should make every nickel they can they can earn But quite often that is something that will end up pricing them out of their community, if you will, because after the game, they may go back to their penthouse apartment on the 47th floor of a building in in the downtown area or they'll they'll drive home or, you know, be driven home to their uh, to their house. It's in a gated community where, you know, fans can't get in there, that sort of thing. But I, you know, watching the footy players going around and shaking hands after a game, signing the the, the mini footballs and, and just interacting with people, taking selfies and all of the things that I've seen on Facebook and even on Twitter over the years where, hey, guess who I ran into at Bunnings, Bunnings Warehouse? I ran into such and such a player from the from the demons and got a selfie with, the, with them or I ran into this person here, um, you know, I, that. I don't see that happening nearly as much with a major league baseball player or an NFL player or somebody who's playing in the NFL. Now it might happen in hockey and who the heck knows I wouldn't know anyway, because I wouldn't recognize any hockey players. Now I I appreciate Simon asking that question. I hope I answered that to your, uh, to your satisfaction. Again, if you want me to address your, uh, your question, you know, go ahead and sign up on the email list. There's a spot there for you to ask your question. I, I'll start going through those as we, uh, as we address the, uh, each episode and I'll answer that question at the beginning. I'll plug that in at the start. Even when we're doing interviews, I'll plug that in. Um, I may plug it in at the end of the interview though, but as some of you may know, there have been a lot of things going on in footy this week and, uh, by far the biggest situation that the AFL is dealing right now is what's going on with Connor McKenna. And if you're not following the news and you're a footy fan, where the heck have you been? But uh, the, the Irish, uh, the former Gaelic footballer, uh, Conor McKenna, who's a defender with the Bombers, uh, tested positive for COVID-19 before their game with the Ds this weekend. And I believe he tested positive on Saturday, if I read it correctly, um, that you know, he'd been tested every morning. He hadn't tested positive on Friday or something of that nature. But then there was footage or video of him, I believe it was Channel 7 posted, and I put a link to that video. Um, It was a story that Fox Footy did, and then they included the video with it as well, where, where Connor McKenna is out at practice, and he's doing something that, you know, I think every guy who's ever played baseball or football here in the United States has done before, or maybe if they've run cross country or something like that. You're probably not doing it playing basketball, but... You know, you got a stuffy nose and you blow your nose without having any Kleenex or tissues or something of that nature, where they kind of just blow it towards the ground, you know, cover up one nostril and honk, have the stuff come out, do the other nostril, have it come out. There was video of Connor McKenna doing that the day before he tested positive. Now, supposedly he had been working and practicing with the other defenders on the club. So it sounds like they have all gone into quarantine for the next two weeks to hopefully ensure that none of them have tested positive or to to nip it in the bud just in case they have you know contracted this from him so you know and what it sounds like is that he'd actually gone and uh visited some friends the family it sounds like the family that had hosted him during his first year playing with uh the bombers that there was some sort of a party or something like that that happened at their house or somewhere where there were a number of people. So he, he broke the quarantine rules and visited them and now is tested positive. So who knows how long he's going to be out? You know, is there going to be a suspension? You know, Ollie wines was suspended for having, you know, done an interview. Is he going to be suspended for actually going to this party and testing positive as a result of this? And, you know, so that the game of the D's was canceled and it's going to be interesting to see how do they make this up? You know, When I saw it was canceled, I was sitting there thinking to myself, well, why don't they just give both teams two points and move on? And then I thought, well, you know, it was kind of the the fault of the Bombers because one of their players had done something. I said, "Oh, well, then let's give the Bombers one and we'll give the Ds three. You know, and I didn't post that anywhere because I didn't want to necessarily catch the ridicule on Twitter about that. And of course, I might catch it now. But sounds like you're going to try to make the game up later if at all possible. But there was a story that I saw earlier today, and I posted a link to this as well where it was being argued that the AFL has basically said that, hey, you know what, Uh, Essendon, as long as you've got at least 22 healthy bodies and a couple players as emergencies, you're going to be expected to play. So they're scheduled to play the Blues this week, and if enough of their team tests tests negative for COVID-19, I think they're fully expecting having the, the, the Blues to be playing against the bombers this week so you know here's hoping that it's only the seven or eight players that were at uh, the practice session with him on friday that are still in quarantine hopefully Connor returns to health quickly um but what do you think about that about the league saying you know what hey if, if you've got enough bodies healthy even if you're having to bring up you know four or five or six first year players who've you know, have only had a practice match tough toenails your team's going to be playing I'd love to know what you think about that. Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on Facebook. You can make a comment on the Podbean app as well. You can, you know, you can comment on the the Apple um, comments as well on uh, the Apple Podcast section as well. So hopefully Connor McKenna gets healthy soon. But it, you know, it, it's a little scary, and it sounds like there's been a bit of a spike in cases in uh, in Victoria. You know, and again, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not real up on everything that's going on in politics, but it sounds like there's some people that are not real pleased with the uh, the leader in Victoria. I saw somebody uh, earlier tonight on Twitter had some some choice things to say about him. Um, you know, moving on to the other the other big stories of the weekend, you know, the, you know Alistair Clarkson went on uh, television during a press conference and, uh, you know, it worked out really well for him. You know, Hawthorne, they had a very impressive showing against the, uh, the reigning premieres. And, uh, I think that maybe his little cryptic press conference worked out to his advantage. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering whether or not Richmond is really that, excuse me, whether or not Hawthorne is really that good or is Richmond, uh, really that, well, okay. I'm kidding. I don't think Richmond's that bad. They're scuffling right now. I'll talk about that a little bit more when I give you my tips for this week, but but I'll tell you, I don't know what's going on with Richmond. I mean, they they have been in a bit of a funk. You know, they've looked really average the last two weeks. And if I'm not mistaken, they they kind of struggled in round one before the uh, the shutdown. You know, and I, you know, is this something that you you as a Tiger supporter are worried about? Because I'm I'm thinking that you know if they don't improve, this could end up you know really catching up with them quickly because it's a much shorter season, only 17 rounds rather than 22. You know, but uh you, know, they came back with a vengeance. They had a lot of injuries early on. They lost Alex Rance early in the season. They had a lot of people that were hurt. Jack Rewalt was out for a long time. Yeah, I know that Dusty didn't play this past weekend, but it remains to be seen what's gonna happen with this club because I I think they're much better than what they've shown on the field the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they played a couple of really good teams. They played Collingwood, they played Hawthorne. Both of them are quality clubs. I expect them to be in the final eight. But Richmond is it a position right now that I didn't expect to see them in. I didn't expect to see them in, in ninth place on the ladder. Of course, I didn't expect to see Geelong in 10th place on the ladder, but there we are. Uh, which leads me to my next uh, my next thing that I wanted to get into today. And, uh, you know, as a Cat supporter, I was uh, I was thrilled to see them fight back in the fourth quarter. But I'm, I'm sure that if you're a Cat supporter as well, you're wondering where the hell were they during the first three quarters? Because uh, you know, the blues just ran rough shot over them. You know, that first quarter and I, I it's a it was a five forty start for me. So I was I turned on the television, got the game on at like five forty one and the first game the first goal had already been scored. I mean it happened that quickly. So I never saw them with, you know, a lead. Well they didn't have a lead, but uh it was all downhill from there. You know, so I I it I was really down about the first three quarters. Got very excited, of course, in the fourth. And I, I posted online, I said, Would this is this a game that, you know, if they come back and win this as it's going on, is this going to be looked at as one of the uh, greatest comebacks that the Cats have ever had? And somebody posted a link to another game, and I haven't watched the link yet. It was on YouTube, but I think they came back from 35 points down to win. But, uh, you know, as somebody who's only been watching the game for – four and a half years, you know, there, I don't know every name of every player yet. I'm starting to learn more and more of them, but I'll tell you what, you cannot help, but marvel at the way that Eddie Betts plays the game. He just does the right thing at the right time, almost every time. He is so much fun to watch. And, yeah, it hurt like hell to lose that game on Saturday. But if I'm going to have to lose a game, i just as soon lose a game watching one of the masters of the game doing their job so well. Watching Eddie Betts make that tackle at the end to get the ball back in the hands of the Blues. you know, He's somebody who is a, a great example of, and one of the best examples of how to carry yourself and how to play the game on the field. And from everything that I have seen, he's also one of the best examples of how to carry yourself off the field. He just seems like such a nice gentleman. Now I could be wrong about that, but I really don't think that I am from everything that I have seen. He is what we think he is. He is a nice guy. Now, something else happened in the game on Saturday Saturday morning for me Saturday night for you that I had never seen before and after it happened, I went online and was asking some people because I had no idea what I saw what I saw there. It had been something that I'd never encountered before and was wondering what the heck was that and uh, during the third quarter, if you've not watched the Cats Blues game, you owe yourself to watch the highlights. Uh, if you watched Bounce, uh, this evening, Sunday night, you definitely saw this cause they talked about it as well because, uh, Sava Radaglia did something that I was stunned by, but then I heard an interesting explanation or possible explanation on this. And I don't know if this was the case. I don't think that Sava Radaglia will ever talk about this because we're all looking at it as being a brain fade or what, what I like to call a brain fart, um, but you know tom hawkins took a set shot that was going to go through for a certain goal and while he got recognition radaglia got recognition on bounce tonight for the don't come monday segment i think he also should have earned the golden fist as well because that was that was a a a fist that danny frawley would have been proud of until they realized it was the offensive player doing it but he punched the ball back across, you know, preventing it from crossing the goal line. Okay, and, I, and I'm sitting there wondering, what the hell is he doing? And I'm sure every Cat supporter was sitting there doing that as well. And even if you're just watching the game as a casual fan of another team, you're wondering, what the heck is happening? Like I said, I'd never seen it happen before. Um, and I've never seen a game in person before. But I saw somebody online mention something. And I thought this was a really interesting take on it. And and those of you who have played the game, those of you who go to the games and watch the games and hear the things happening on the field, maybe you can help me out with this. But uh, a Cat supporter, Peter from Canberra, brought up what I thought was an interesting point. Now, like I said, I've never seen a game before. So I don't know all of the conversation that takes place on the field, You know, where you've got different players who are trying to talk their teammates into different positions, whether they're playing a zone on defense or whether they're switching up which person they're going to be defending or where they need to be on the field to take the handball or the kick or whatever the case may be. So I don't know all of that, the on-field comments that are going to happen, but he suggested that he wondered actually that maybe somebody had yelled that it was a touched ball, that maybe that the person that was standing at the mark had gotten a hand on the ball and had touched it. And if that was the case, and again, I have no idea if this was happening or not, but if Radagalia had heard, you know, touched ball or whatever comment would have been made to, to trigger that in his mind to get him thinking that, that might have, and they were down by so many points at that point in time, that maybe he's thinking to himself, I need to put this ball back in play to give us a shot at getting six points instead of one. Now, I'm not saying that that's what happened, but but Peter from Canberra brought that up, and I thought that was a really interesting idea. So I don't know if any of you who are watching the game heard something or could that do you think that's what something that he could have possibly been thinking at that point in time? You know, like I said, I've never seen that happen before, but I thought it was a really interesting take on it. I don't know what happened with this. I I really don't. It was just bizarre. And I think that Asava Radagalia is going to be a really good player going forward. He's still extraordinarily young extraordinary he's only what 21 22 years old right now big tall strong kid I think he's gonna you know step into that role hopefully in the next few years and become a much more you know forceful player out there and I'm looking forward to watching him grow as a player so yeah just a couple of interesting things that were going on this weekend that I I wanted to touch base with you on but like I said before you, you can't help but marvel at Eddie Betts He's somebody that I, I, I will go out of my way to watch. He, Charlie Cameron, Liam Ryan, Anthony McDonald, Tipping Woody, I, I love watching them play. I love the, just the the excitement that they play with. they you know they seem to do the right thing on the field during the course of the game, okay? Now before I wrap up here today, I'm going to get to my tips here in just a moment. Um, I did want to wish all all of you dads here in the United States, hope you had a great Father's Day, hope you had a wonderful and relaxing day. Um, uh, I've been doing a lot of landscaping and uh, somebody who I, I interviewed in an episode not that long ago, Gavin Ingham. Uh, I put a picture of some landscaping that I was doing. I'm getting rid of a lot of uh, garden space. I'm trying to downsize my gardens and have more grass. I'd rather mow it than have to do the weeding, that type of thing. I'm get, I'm an old fart now. I really don't want to have to do all the gardening. So I had a, a small garden bed that had a, a sandstone wall around it. And then I had had a sandstone walkway in the middle of that. And behind it was a second garden up against the house. So I wanted to get rid of that walkway and then as well as getting rid of that uh, that out exterior raised garden bed. So I dug all that stuff out. It took a, about a week and a half to dig all that out because there were a lot of weeds in there. There's a plant here called uh, Snow on the Mountain. And if you are somebody who does a lot of gardening here in the United States, I don't know if they, ha- they grow snow on the mountain in, in Australia or not, but this is a plant that has these little root system root system that become runners that run under the ground so it's not a tap root it just goes everywhere and i've been i've lived in this house now for almost 25 years and i've been trying to get rid of this thing and it just keeps growing and growing and growing so i was sifting through a lot of the dirt moving all of the sandstone out of the way got it all smoothed out i actually built an, uh, a smaller garden right up against the house that's raised up has a little wall around it looks pretty good if you look at my uh um, video that I post on Instagram for this episode that's coming out. It should have a little picture of that there, but when I posted a picture of it initially, um, as it was getting dug up, um, Gavin mentioned that, that the grass area was looking a little bit like, uh, a footy field. Cause it kind of had that oval shape. And now that the grass is coming back up, I got it on video today for this. And I thought it looked actually a little bit like GMHBA stadium because it has kind of that little cigar shape to it. So I want to make sure that if the cats decide to come play in my front yard, they've still got that home field advantage. So um, that's what I've been doing with my time. But dads, hope you had a great father's day uh, before, like I said, before I wrap up, I, uh, I want to go ahead and uh, go over my tips for this week. Now this past week, I picked all nine games. Like many people did. I got three of them right. I'm not going to count the S in it in Melbourne game because they didn't play that one. But I got the... I didn't get very many right. I got both Adelaide's er, teams right. I got Port Adelaide's game correct. And I got the uh, Gold Coast game. And then I also picked the uh, Collingwood and St. Kilda game correct. But every other one I got wrong. So... If you're listening to my tipping segment, I hope that you are here for comedic purposes and not because you're going to take my advice and go bet your kids college fund on this. As they say on the TV channels here in the United States, gamble responsibly. I think they say the same thing in Australia as well with sports bet and that sort of thing. Alan Iverson, I even think says, uh, I think he even says to gamble responsibility, or responsibly because he's got the answer. So I'm going to run through the games here. Don't laugh. Uh, Western and Sydney. I've got Sydney uh, being defeated by Western by eight points in this game. And I think that the Bulldogs really got themselves on track this past weekend. Sydney against the Giants. I think it's going to happen again this weekend, perhaps with a little less pushing and shoving. Collingwood and GWS. I've got Collingwood and uh, winning this one by a dozen points. And, you know, after the Giants thumped the Cats in round one, which they did, They've dropped two in a row, and they've looked—they've struggled, okay? And I I think that the Magpies are catching GWS at the right time. I still think they're going to right the ship, and they're still going to be, you know, a team that gets into the finals. I really think GWS will be there. But they're struggling right now, and I think Collingwood's going to take advantage of that and knock them off by two goals. Now, Port Adelaide and West Coast. Now, this one—I'm picking Port Adelaide to win this one by 10, And I think it could be by an even wider margin. Now, hear me out on this. Or I think Gold Coast could, I'm sorry, I think West Coast could roar back and reestablish themselves finally as a top 10 club. Because let's be honest, West Coast has not played well up in the hub. But Port Adelaide has played extraordinarily well. And I think that they are riding a lot of confidence. They're playing great footy. Now, again, they're going to be a, without uh, Xavier Dersma for at least a couple of weeks, I would believe. He looked like he pulled a hamstring pretty severely today. Uh, so they're going to be out without his energy. They're going to be without his archery skills. So they're going to need to find somebody to fill that gap in their lineup. Uh, but I think this is a this is a very important game for West Coast because, again, this is going to be about a quarter of the season right now. And they're really scuffling. And I I think that, you know, I think that Port Adelaide's going to win it. But I won't be shocked if West Coast gets themselves back off the schneid and actually wins this one by a few points. But I'm picking Port Adelaide to win this one by 10. Now, you know, Richmond and St. Kilda. I've got Richmond winning this one by 11 points. And uh, I'm going to do something as close to singing as you'll ever hear me do on here. To paraphrase a fairly well-known hip-hop artist. Will the real Richmond Tigers please stand up? Please stand up. I mean, seriously, what is going on with Richmond? They have struggled since the season began. I mean, they they barely I think it was Carlton in round one, if I'm not mistaken. They barely beat Carlton, which again Carlton played really well on Saturday. But I think that they really need to get this win in order to right their ship. This is this is a club that is way too talented to be mired outside of the top eight. So I I think this is, this is a win they're going to get, you know, they've got too many talented players. They've got too many really good players on that team. I think if Dusty Martin's back in the lineup, I think that helps tremendously. You know, they've uh, their ruck position's not been great, but I think that, uh, you know, that they need to get themselves going again. And I guess you could, you know, I think you could even say the same thing about the Saints. I mean, they're they're too talented as well, and they got thumped here recently as well. You know, they got thumped by the Magpies this weekend, and the week before they they handled the uh, the Bulldogs with relative ease. So I think this is going to be a competitive contest, but I think that Richmond still has too much talent for them, and I think they beat them by 11. Now, this is my toughest call of the week. I think Carlton might beat Essendon by eight points if they play who the heck knows what's going to happen but uh you know i think that the blues are really playing spirited football right now i I, it's they're a fun team to watch they've got a lot of confidence um and i and i think quite frankly the bombers are going to be distracted because they don't know what's going on i mean if they're if they're not playing at full strength if they're having to plug people in on defense that uh are normally playing up front you know they've not had you know they've not had the 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 reps at practicing, playing in some of those positions. So it could be, it could be something that allows Carlton to have an easy victory. Now, moving on to our last, I think what we got four games left here, Gold Coast and Fremantle. And I've got Gold Coast winning this one by 16 points. Now, everybody by a show of hands, put your hand up. If you thought anybody was going to be picking the Suns to beat an opponent by double digits in round four. I'm guessing not too many of you put your hands up because I didn't have mine up either. And, uh, I have to tell you, isn't it fun? I I think it's fun to watch this group of young players, the energy that they have. They're excited to play the game and that it's just, and it's, they're playing with the confidence of a team that, you know, really has nothing to lose because they've not won anything before and they're they're just going out there and just they're just laying it all on the line and they're having some success and uh you know as a cat supporter this makes me really really nervous because they're coming to geelong in round five and here's this really solid young team with some really young talent and there's my geelong club that i'm i'm supporting who looked a little old and out of out of uh out of kilter during the first part of the uh, the game with the Blues. So, yeah, they're riding a wave of confidence. And I think at this point in time, you know, Fremantle's dropped a couple games out in the hub. I think they might be caught looking at the calendar and counting the days until they can get out of Gold Coast and head back home. So I think the Gold Coast is going to win this one by 16 points. Now, Brisbane and Adelaide. I've got Brisbane winning this one by 18. It might be more. Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, as I mentioned last week, I'm trying not to alienate people by saying, well, yes, your team's going to be defeated by 47 points. I'm, I'm not going to do that. If that happens, it, it happens. I mean, it, it, it can happen to any club. You know, look what happened to, uh, you know, Hawthorne last week. Look what happened to Richmond this week. Um, but, you know, the Crows have really been scuffling. They're struggling. And I don't think that the Lions are going to cut them any slack. I think the Lions beat them by three goals. I think they're going to handle them really really easily. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't think there would be too many of us that would be completely upset if Chris Fagan was the senior coach on our club or your club. I think we'd be pretty thrilled about that because he really seems to demand a lot of his players, but I think he's also commanding a great deal of respect from his players. And here in the United States, there was a mini series that was on about a decade ago on HBO called "Band of Brothers," and Chris Fagan, in many ways, reminds me of the leader of that group. A uh, he started out as a lieutenant, but ended up being a major by the time the war was over. This is all based upon an actual group of people that fought during the Second World War in the uh, in the Army Army Airborne. Um, but uh, Major Dick Winters and Chris Fagan reminds me of him about how much passion he has for his players. It reminds me a lot of what um, Dick Winters had for his troops as well. So I think they 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 have so much respect for one another. They, they play really well. And I, and I think this is another week where, you know, Adelaide is still looking for their, their first win. Now, Geelong and Melbourne. Melbourne ought to be well-rested. But I think Geelong finally uh, gets back off the schneid again and gets themselves... Uh, get themselves going in the right direction and win this one by 13 points. Now, I hope during the bus ride from Geelong to the MCG that uh, Chris Scott and the coaching staff make it a point of emphasis to remind the Cats that there are actually four quarters in a game and not just the fourth quarter in a game. You know, they played lights out in that fourth quarter, but they dug themselves into such a hole. You know, I, that, before that fourth quarter started this weekend, I thought, there's no way in heck that they have a chance of winning this game. And then they blew multiple opportunities to win it. So that, you know, there's something to be said for that. But boy, did they look terrible, those first three quarters. And and maybe it's not so much that they look terrible, but Carlton looked really good. So I think the Cats, if they play to their potential, they ought to be able to, you know, go ahead and carve out their second vic- victory this year against the Deeds. You know, I worry about their, uh, their ruck play. Reece Stanley had a great game against Hawthorne, struggled this past weekend against uh, against Carlton. He's going to be running up against one of the best in the game this weekend. And the last game this weekend is Hawthorne and Melbourne. And I've got Hawthorne winning this one by, eight, or, sorry, against North Melbourne. And I've got Hawthorne winning this one by eight points. And the Hawks were fantastic against the Tigers. And I think that's going to continue against a very solid Ruse team. But I think that uh, I think the Tigers have too much. North is a good club; they're very much improving. But I think that that Clarko has got the Hawks playing well. I think their their confidence is high, and I think they're going to go ahead and, and push through this round, get another victory here. So I've got Hawthorne winning this one by eight points. So there's my tips. You can tell me where you think I'm right. You can tell me where I, you think I'm crazy. Um, you know, round three it gave us a little bit of everything—stuff that we'd never seen before, stuff we hopefully never see again. Guys stopping sure goals for their own team. Teams not being allowed to play because of a pandemic. You know, hopefully round four will bring us back to some normalcy. Hopefully uh, Essendon is able to play. Hopefully they're able to actually get their game in this week. And somewhere down the road, they're able to adjust the schedule to allow them to make up that game with, uh, with Melbourne. Because you don't want to have that one have to be played at the end of the season, you know, three or four days later just to, to get the game in you know, especially if it, you know, if it has ramifications on the ladder. Um, so ladies and gents, don't forget that you can, uh, you can find all my episodes of this podcast at a yank on the footy.podbean.com. You can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. And now that you've listened, I hope you'll consider giving me a review on Apple podcasts. You could also leave a comment on on the Podbean app. If you'd like to do that as well. Uh, I would love it. As I'd mentioned earlier in, in the episode, uh, there's a link in the show notes for you to sign up for the mailing list. I would love it if you would sign up for the mailing list. I have that uh, link also posted on Twitter as well. If you go find me on Twitter, you scroll through my tweets there, you can find it there as well. Uh, but on at the Apple Podcast, it lets me know what's going well, um, what I could be doing better, what you think of the podcast, and maybe tells them, hey, this is one that you should uh, consider promoting a little bit more and uh, bumping it up so people can find it more readily. And don't forget, you can also reach me at a yank on at gmail.com and also on Twitter at yank underscore on and on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I'd like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music. I used Backplate and Elevation. He creates some fantastic tunes. You can find his music at josephmcdade.com slash music. want to thank you for your hard work. And, uh, you know, ladies and gents, like I said, I'm hoping you'll sign up in the. In the show notes for the, uh, the email list. I'm hoping to do a live episode. If I get a number of questions, I'd like to you know be able to send out to those people that signed up on the, the, the email list. Here's an invite, here's what's going on. And then, you know, it'll, you know, they can definitely get in there to see it. And then other people, I mean, I'll put it on Twitter. Hey, I'm doing a live episode right now. Here's how you get in. But I would love to you know be able to talk to some of you, um, live rather than simply through correspondence. Um, you know, this, this is going to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to grow this and, you know, I've, I just went over 5,000 downloads total in the six months that I've been doing this. So I'm thrilled that, that people have been on board. Um, I thank you for listening, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you because, uh, well, many of us are, are fans of our teams, you know, deep down, we, we love this game and we love this game called footy. And, you know, we've, we've gotten through three rounds, Almost, and here's to hoping that the societal conditions will allow the games to continue. You never know what's going to happen. Hopefully, you know the 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 little spikes that are happening in in COVID nineteen will will slow down. And uh, ladies and gents, I want to thank you again for listening. I ask that you consider sharing this podcast, sharing a link with your friends, sending it to them in an email, on Twitter, that that sort of thing. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. has been episode 29 of a yank on the footy don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and you can also find me on instagram and facebook at a yank on the footy again thanks for listening and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family and i hope you'll consider signing up on the email list goodbye until next time